Sports Dump. Welcome Let's back ride. to Sports. <laughs> Welcome back to Sports Dump, Lewis County's only sports podcast. Sponsored by Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery, Global Septic, and AmeriCool Heating and Cooling. And Josh, you checked with Watson that those are indeed our sponsors still. Yes, we do have sponsors still. People pay us money to do this. Thank God our beloved sponsors are still here because we probably would have wound up talking about them anyway. I'm Aaron Vantile, joined tonight by sports editor Josh Kirschenbaum and uh, new sports reporter Dylan Wilhelm. Sports clerk Cody Christensen, Chris, Christian, Christian, just Christian. Yeah, yeah, couldn't be here tonight. We're still in fall camp mode. Yeah, he's great. And uh, gentlemen, <laughs> I got a little, got a little lag in the internet there. Are we gonna redo this? <laughs> no, nah, we're just gonna let it ride. That was the "Are you ready for some football?" <laughs> intro music. <laughs> you really had to squint to listen to it. <laughs> Uh, you, you misread the notes because the, the notes said that to avoid copyright, you were going to sing it by yourself. I wouldn't be able to do Hank Which Williams. Uh, you still can do. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. It would be quite bad. Uh, 16 local football teams are set to begin their season on Friday. Yeah, just stumbling into this. Like the good Lord intended. No Thursday or Sunday games here. Thank you. Not even any Saturday games. Not any games. Saturday games. Yeah, we were supposed to have a Saturday game and then football gods intervened. And now we have one more Friday game. Was the football gods or like the football athletic directors? It was LaConnor deciding it didn't have enough players to play Morton White Pass for the second straight year. So shout out LaConnor. Wow. Kind of rude of them. Uh, all right, so do you guys just want to do the whole football preview and start with the two A's and work our way down, and I will throw out a team and then ask you guys questions. Does that work? Sounds good. Acceptable? Yeah, sure. Okay. We'll start with uh, WF West. Last year, the uh, Bearcats... Are you biased towards WF West, Aaron? I am not. Because oh. they're not going on the, first. Not on the football field. They are oh. first on the list you prepared, sir. <laughs> Uh, last year, the Bearcats went 11-2 and two and reached the state semifinals for just the second time in school history, I yes. believe. Uh, the previous time was 2011 or 12. Something like that. Anyway, a while back, uh, the main story about the Bearcats, Gage Brumfield at quarterback, question mark, or perhaps wide receiver. Who's our Bearcat expert this year? This is the one we actually both saw. Uh, I went out there. For their very first uh, practice of fall camp, and obviously last year they had that great season, um, and then it was a great season with a really great senior class that really transformed them. And Gavin Fugate leading them at quarterback. I mean, he's now at he's now in Pullman. He's going through his first fall camp. We're getting ready for his first week suiting up for Washington State as a linebacker. So mm-hmm. that's a hole you got to fill. And I mean, they have other holes to fill. Obviously, across that line was stacked last year. They got to replace four starters off it. Their receiving core was stacked and they got to replace almost all of it but it starts with the guy under center and when I went out there day one it was pretty much Gage Brumfield um starting taking all the snaps with the number ones and then uh Dylan went out to a jamboree and saw something different yeah down in um down in Kelso and I was a little surprised you know Brumfield obviously took the first couple snaps um and then we saw a little bit of Carson White under center with Brumfield lined up out wide um he took two shots to Brumfield down each sideline. The first one was batted down, but the second one to actually kind of end the jamboree was a 22-yard touchdown. And just speaking with Coach Dan Hill after the game, I kind of asked him, should we expect more of that? Is that something you plan on using this year, kind of intermixing them? And he just kind of gave me a little smirk and said, we're getting some things started there. So it'll be interesting to watch throughout the season. Which, which I'm sure they have a package. We'll, yeah, we'll see if yeah. it's like a true even or 
I don't I don't know if they would even bother doing a competition. It seems like yeah. it's just a way to get like to get the ball into Brumfield's hands in different ways. I I mean, I just think it's funny. Like you know, you you game plan for this new athletic quarterback. He's been an all area receiver for the past two years. Suddenly he's lined up for under at quarterback the entire game. And then like some for like a series in the third quarter, he comes out and it's this other guy, Carson white at quarterback. And you're like, Oh, they're doing something different. I wonder what they're going to do. And then they take the guy who's been the quarterback the entire game and they line him up at wide receiver. And it's like, huh, I wonder who this new quarterback is going to be trying to throw, to, throw the ball to. <laughs> you are running is it a, a distraction? Yeah. Um, is it wildcat? Right. Is it wild? No. I don't know. Oh, they're throwing it to the guy who had 1200 receiving yards last year. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, other than that, WF West, they got any good players? What are they up to? Uh, so again, they had that huge line that really led them with Daniel Matongi, um, William Buzzard, uh, Andrew Penland is the one guy who's back. So he's going to kind of be leading the line. They've got a bunch of new guys, um, filling in there. Tucker Land started as a sophomore, uh, at tailback for them last year. He's, um, He's going to be their main guy back there. Obviously, last year with Fugate and this year with Brumfield and possibly White, too, they're going to use the quarterback a lot in the run game, especially in those bigger time games. Uh, but Land's going to be the workhorse, and Hill was saying they were really trying to get him more touches in the passing game, too. I remember when I was out at their God, it was their quarterfinal game against Cedro Woolley, and uh, kind of up-the-middle runs weren't working, and they basically just threw, like, 15 screen passes to land just swing uh, swing routes in a row. That's probably going to be a big part of his game. Uh, they're bringing back Ross Kelly at defensive back. He's going to start. He's taking over as one of the main receiver roles. I mean, that receiver core, that was five starters pretty much, and four of them graduated, and one of them is playing quarterback now. So they have to completely change who's catching the ball. So it's going to be Ross Kelly, a bunch of guys from that baseball team that always goes far. So Grady Westland's going to be in, mm-hmm. in there. Um, yeah, uh, Anthony Eisenhower is a name to look out for there too. Um, it's a lot of new faces, but a lot of new faces that either have game experience or experience practicing against the best WFS team in a decade. So, okay. That'll be good. Uh, moving across town, the Centralia Tigers last year, they went to 0-9, did not win a game. The main story, they have a new coach in John Rookledge and they're looking for a win and calling John Rookledge a new coach is... You know, I maybe not quite misleading, but like he's not new. Like he's been no. there. He's been there. How long? How long did you say he's been an assistant? Twenty-eight years. He's yeah. been there so as he, an assistant. Is he really that long? That's what he told me. Yeah. It's quite a long time. Uh, he was also the head baseball coach for a while. Um, yeah, he's he's been around. I think Cody said he coached him in little league. Probably, yeah. Uh, the Tigers—they're looking for a win. Can they get it? Well, their best chance might come in week one against Elma, and Rickledge seems to feel pretty confident with the group they have coming in. And coming out week one, obviously, there's a lot of unknowns, but he certainly thinks they have a shot in that game. Um, it'll be interesting to see. They have a lot of guys coming back. Um, starting quarterback, I'm trying to remember his name. Landon know. Jenkins. Landon Jenkins yeah. will be Spe- splitting Speaking time. to the mic, Dylan. Speaking to the mic, my apologies. Um, Landon Jenkins is back. Say it with uh, your chest. A lot kid. of guys in their defense, um, on, in the backfield, excuse me, Blake Seymour, Kellen Rookledge, Donovan Galloway. A lot of those guys are back. Talon Sayers, Dustin Ingles out wide on the offense. So these are guys with game experience. Obviously, it didn't go very well last year, but I'm curious to see if it looks any different with Rookledge now leading the way. And obviously, they're, you know, Rookledge said it himself. They got to get rid of that goose egg one way or another, and they really think they have a good chance to do it week one. What do you call it, the dinosaur in the room? Wasn't called even, it the dinosaur in the wasn't room. Wasn't even the, the elephant. elephant in the room, but 
I mean, the thing, the other thing about them is they were just, sorry, Centralia, they were so overmatched last year. It got into, it got past the fact that they were losing games and the fact that they were just physically overmatched, they were getting hurt. And that was the thing, like, I remember like looking into, oh, who's their, you know, returning quarterback. They had like four guys play quarterback because the line just couldn't keep a guy off the ground. And they just kept going through guys who got hurt and would play a game, a game and a half. Um, so a lot of those guys got forced into roles last year and they're back. One piece I forgot you were asking who's new at WFS. One piece that is, um, isn't there for Centralia anymore is all league lineman Carlos Vallejo who transferred across town. So he's going to oh. be uh, filling in for, he's going to be battling for a spot on the WFS line, which is definitely a, just an extra hole for Centralia to replace. And Rookledge acknowledged those injuries at well as well. And obviously you can't predict injuries at any level of football, but he did kind of, imply you know they're really hoping that injury luck balances out this year to yep. where they aren't forced to get a lot of those younger guys in spots that they're just not ready for well and it's just so hard to have any sort to build success if your team basically changes every second week so hopefully yeah they can stay healthy and get a guy you know have a tailback and a quarterback who goes for at least most of the season and get better as the year goes on all right uh moving along through the evco the rochester warriors last year they went three and six Mainline on them this year. They're looking for a bounce back season. How buoyant are the Warriors? Yeah, going out to Rochester, and it really you really feel this sense of urgency and intensity. Obviously, being new to the area, I'm not sure how much that was felt in years past. But Coach AJ easily just said that they're really prepared, for lack of a better word. They they kind of know who they're going to be playing this year, what to expect, and they're really kind of forming their defensive game plans around what they expect to see. You know, some of these teams, WFS to line up four wide. Aberdeen will put 10 in the ten in the box. You got Tom Water with the power T. He said in past years, maybe they kind of, maybe were a little stubborn in sticking with their philosophies and what they believe worked. Whereas this year, they're going to really try to adapt more to each opponent. And he thinks that'll bring them some more success along the way. Who are, who are some guys? Well, they just named a starting quarterback, right? They did. Carson Rodder um, beat out... Who is probably related to the guy who the baseball field is named after. Yeah, maybe. Who could say? Isn't that Rodder Heinzfield? Uh, Heinz Rodder, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. I stalled you there, good. <laughs> uh, I think with them, there's sort of that middle of the pack in the FCO, and we're going to get into Black Hills in a sec, but mm-hmm. it's not like so many teams in the EVCO you're not going to jump from where Rochester was at to where to the top in one year, but to make a crossover, you don't have to finish first. You have to finish fourth. You have to come out of that middle of the pack with Aberdeen and Shelton and Black Hills and Rochester had a couple of uh, close games. I remember they played Black Hills early in the year. And I think it was a Black Hills scored like two defensive. I think Alec was at that game. Black Hills forced like two turnovers in a row and one by like two possessions or something like that. Like they were winnable games for Rochester and they just kind of, they have to start, taking that extra step in those games. And Ryder won't be asked to do a ton coming back in the backfield. Palmer Watt, Mason Armstrong, Tail Quamstrom behind three returning offensive linemen. They also brought in Quentin Clevenger from RSB. Um, So that's four of the five offensive linemen set with Jaden Nichols, Asher Neff, and Wyatt Dahl. So there is some continuity, and there was a little bit of an infusion of talent on the line. So Rodder, while he did win the starting job, he won't be expected to go out there and be a world beater. Well, yes, and they moved Kornstrom out to tailback, right, after he played quarterback for them pretty much the entire season last year. Right. Okay. All right, moving through the EVCO again. Black Hills, 6-4 and four last year. 
Not a bad year. Lost in the first round of the state playoffs. Made the first round of the state playoffs. That was their Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, the main storyline for them, they have an experienced quarterback, but not much else. Is that Jackson Beck? Jackson Beck coming back for year three. Um, they gave him the keys of that car as a freshman and knew it was going to be rough to start. And it was a little bit rough to start. And they've grown with him through the growing pains. And now he's coming back. Last year, he had a really experienced cast around him. They graduate Johnny Stallings. They graduate Tanner Parkinson. Um, they graduate Keegan Rongan, who is now suiting up for Eric Schwartz's beloved Eastern Washington. Uh, oh, lovely. D1 tight end. Wow. Was on Black Hill staff. He got hurt, which was one of the reasons they didn't get um, quite go, go quite as far last year. And that's the other thing. Last year, um, Garrett Baldwin freely admitted they're running a 2B rotation. They're going out there with, you know, 17, 18 guys that they're running yeah. through. Um, because they had that 1-8 and eight season two years ago, and turnout was not great. You go to the state tournament, and man, suddenly people want to show up. He was saying that they had, you know, fifty people showing up for workouts in the spring and in the summer, and that's sort of they 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 want uh, to sustain the success they've had because if they can have two or three years where they're going five hundred, a couple games of over five hundred, making the crossover, all you got to do is make the crossover, and you spring an upset like they did last year. Yeah, um, that builds a program, which is really kind of what they want. They want that long term continuity. The word that uh, Dylan was using. So it'll kind of be, they definitely need Beck to do a little bit more because they don't have Johnny Stallings taking 30 carries a game and also catching a touchdown and throwing a touchdown like he did a couple times last year. Um, but it's going to be up to Beck to kind of lead the lead thing, lead those younger and new faces into more experience. So even next year when he's a senior and all those guys are coming back as juniors, uh, they could do something really good. All right. And finally, the Tumwater Thunderbirds. Last year they went 9-2. Lost in the first round of the state playoff? Is this, did you? First time they had not made it through the first round in over a decade. Wow. Uh, main storyline, lots of experience back, but they need to take a step offensively. Also, new coach? New coach, William Garrow, who was a um, defensive assistant for them, uh, position coach, comes in. I mean, I kept, I keep asking him. I've talked to him multiple times because I talked to him at camp and I talked to him at the Jamboree and I was like, what's it like, you know, your, your experience coming in? being a new coach, getting used to the head coach role. And he was like, it's great because I have two coordinator, two defensive coordinators who have 40 combined years of experience. It's not bad. Uh, who just do their thing. And I kind of just like, you know, organize. Um, the thing with them last year is between a huge amount of turnover and injuries, they were starting the 70% of their lineup was sophomores. And that's kind of why they took that step back. And now they're all juniors and seniors with starting experience mm -hmm. and that's gonna really play their defense was not a problem at all last year and pretty much all of them are back they got dane eisenhower leading from the middle linebacker spot he's a senior he missed most of last year with an injury and he's surrounded by the rest of that defense is was freshmen and sophomores last year pretty much and they're all back offensively they got ethan kastner at quarterback they need him to do just a little bit more than maybe they were getting out of um that unit last year, they obviously, they graduate Carlos Matheny, who's at Idaho now, so they're going to have to find a, a bell horse, uh, a workhorse, bell cow. We're mixing metaphors. It's a bell cow. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he was just the tough runner, take it 20 times for 100 yards in that power tee, so they're going to need to replace that fullback. But, I mean, it's Tumwater. Like, at some point, you just end what you're saying, and you're like, it's Tumwater. They're going to figure it out. They'll be fine. They will be fine. 
Uh, speaking of which, the big question in the Evco this year, I won't, we don't have to do like a whole ranking top to bottom. Uh, we could mention Aberdeen if you want, but they're like, they're also there. But the big question this year, as it has been the last five or six years, uh, Tumwater WF West, who you guys got? It's hard. Oh God. Give me a take, you <laughs> cowards. I think, I don't know. I think it's you're talking about like fantasy traps. We talk about high upsides. I think WF West has the higher upside, but Tumwater's Tumwater. They got the lower floor. Yeah, there are mo- the thing about last year was that everything was set for WF West going into that season. Like they mm-hmm. knew week one, they had a three-year quarterback and a bright running back and five receivers who were all coming back after catching ten passes or whatever, and a hell of a defense and two guys committed on the offensive line. And they knew exactly what, like, their floor and their ceiling were, like, millimeters apart and really high. There are just so many moving pieces on both of those teams right now. I think Tumwater comes in with a little bit more set, and I think they get the edge early. The interesting thing about them is both of these teams absolutely, for the second year, just stacked their their non-league slate. Tomwater's playing Kelso again in 3A Kelso and 2A uh, runner-up North Kitsap for the second straight year. WF West has Ridgefield, who's down a little bit after where they were last year, but then they got to go to Linden, and they got to go to Linden mm. this time. Um, if they're just going to come in, if as long as they stay healthy, which is always the thing when in those big games, they're both going to come in with a ton of experience after just three weeks. And once again, they play week five. Or something oh, like that. What? Like they play the last week in September, and then after that, people are kind of expecting that to decide the league. And then after that, we kind of just like fade off and figure How out do you the like rest. I don't know. That for later in the year, come on, it's it's bad. <sighs> All right, uh, Dylan. Any final Evco thoughts? I'll go ahead and take the upside with WF West. I know that's probably not the safe pick given Tumwater's history and their kind of seems like they're due to really have a nice bounce back year, but I was really intrigued by what I saw at that jamboree. And I think Dan Hill and company have some tricks up their sleeve. All right, let's move on to the one, a evergreen league, not a conference. And the only local team in there is Tenino. talk about up in the air. Yeah. Last year, the Beavers went nine and two lost on the first round of the state playoffs. And the main storyline for them is they have a very late coaching change. And Darren Tinnerstedt is now their head coach. Fellas? Yeah, when you say very late, I joined the Chronicle on July 31st, and I have been here longer than Darren Tinnerstedt has been at Tenino. Um Kerry Nagel resigned on July 6th. Yes. Okay. So uh, Who went out to their practice? I did. So Tinnerstedt gets in about two weeks before their first practice. Wait, quick question. Yes. When you got out there, were you like, holy shit, the field's black? I kind of got a warning in advance, um, but when I first heard it, I was a little... There's a difference between being warned and seeing it for the first time. It it was a spectacle. Yeah. Um, It's a cool little stadium they got, though, with the nice garden in the back. But yeah, it is. Nice place. Yeah. Um, Just don't, when when the sun goes down, stay on the stand side and not the swamp side. That's good to know. Value not getting the shit eaten out of you by all the mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. Um, Yeah. Tinnerstedt is a capital grad back in his playing days he won a state title with jd johnson playing quarterback in the 90s and the reason that's relevant is because johnson and a lot of his assistant staff is back with him um so he really trusts his assistant coaching staff johnson's leading the defense um and then he has a couple former players joining him as well they really feel like they've hit the ground running when nagel resigned um he kind of said 
kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, whoever takes over, it won't be a rebuild. Like this team is still ready to compete at a high level. And Tinderstead seems to think so as well over the past couple of weeks. They didn't quite have a jamboree, but they had a, um, they called it a preview. Um, it was essentially a big practice. Open practice. Mini scrimmage if yeah. we, if, is generous. But anyways, mm-hmm. the point is Tinderstead's not going to be afraid to toss the ball around, which from what I've heard is kind of different from the yeah. norm in Tenino. Yeah, uh, they had Cody Strawn at quarterback, and he showed some flashes of being able to extend plays out of the pocket. Kind of got him into a little bit of trouble at times, but he was also able to able to connect with Jack Burthart down the sideline a couple times. Uh, in the backfield, they got Michael Vassar, Lucas Waterson, and Mikey Lanning. Um, and Tinderstead's really impressed with kind of the different dynamic each of those three bring, or I guess the two different dynamics: Vassar being kind of the thunder, and Waterson and Lanning being the lightning, you know, I believe that was USC that had the thunder and lightning. Reggie combo. White and Reg- Reggie Bush and yeah. White, whatever his name was. Yeah. And a lot of those guys are also going to be playing linebacker on defense. So they'll be flying around as well. And Tinderstead, he's only been there a couple weeks again, but they seem ready to hit the ground running and they're pretty confident in the group. All right. Uh, across the 1A league, uh, Tonino, Eatonville, Montesano. Basically, yep. Uh, the thing about those three, I mean, so those three, there's five teams. I won't get into a talk about league size, but there's five teams in the Evergreen, and three of them went three and one last year. Um, awesome. Edenville's going to be good. The thing, Montana's going to be good. The thing about this league is Tanner sets new. Edenville's also got a new head coach. Um, I don't, I don't remember his name. It's something Kralik because it was their star player. I assume it was his dad. I think the player graduated and dad is out. So they also brought in a new head coach. He had a little bit more time because I think it was a little bit more planned than yeah. what's up at Tenino. So they're also going through a little bit of turnover. Probably going to be those three again. And then there's Alma and there's Hoquiam. And yeah. Okay. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Gobel Septic, providing septic service and portable sanitation. For Thurston, Lewis, Mason, Cowlitz, and Grays Harbor counties, Global Septic can hook you up with septic pumping, septic inspection, septic riser installation, commercial septic pumping, grease trap services, always one of Alex's favorites. Uh, they will, of course, rent you a porta potty and even a sink. Visit Global Septic, that's G O E B E L S E P T I C dot com, or call them up, 360 736 2167 and we're going to take a quick break. All right, we're back and it is time to discuss everybody's favorite, the 2Bs. This is just the whole point of the podcast. This yeah, is absolutely. This has always been a Central 2B League podcast. Uh, but first, we will get a quick explanation slash rant about how the leagues are set up for football this fall. Well, yeah, because because this is supposed to be the Central 2B League podcast, but the Central, should be. the Central 2B League doesn't exist for football, remember? What? Because Oh, it's the Southwest Washington 2B League. So this, yeah, and here's the rant, because the fact that the league changes and nobody really knows how it works going into the season every year is kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. So the way it works this year, so there's... Last year introduced the idea of the three divisions with the north and south upper divisions and then the west. Well, in previously it was lowers. like the mountain river and coastal. Yeah, exactly. At one point. So those are back, but they have changed up a little bit. So 
The North Division has five teams. It's the Hyphens, RSB, PWV, MDP, Forks, and Napavine. And then the South only has four this year. It's Toledo, Ani, Kalama, and Adna. And then those are the two, you know, upper traditional C2BL leagues. And then mm-hmm. the West Lower Division is Rainier, Tootle, Kayakum, North Beach, Costa, Ilwaco. Six so there's teams. a there's a, is that six or seven? Six. And then there's a fourteen division. Yes. Go on. So first of all, there are if you combine the two upper divisions, there are eleven teams. Ten of them make the crossover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, there are nine teams and eight of them make the crossover. Okay. So that's your start. And second of all, so last year it last year the North had Seven? No, they were. It was yeah, seven because it it was seven and five last year. Remember, because Owaco was in the north because things make sense, even though they're on the freaking border. They are damn near Oregon. <laughs> yeah, but go on. Um, so Owaco and Rainier are in the north, and then Wakayakum was in the south, and those three have left. So we've got the divisions of five and four and six. And first of all, something there's something to be said when your lower kind of escape division uh, has more teams than either of the other divisions. And I guess just also before we really get into it, I am a huge fan of the West Division. I think it is a great idea and was completely necessary for this area because you step back and this is high school football we're talking about. And the most important thing about high school football is that it happens and the games take place and the games, the games work out and they get off safely. And the fact that there were enough teams worried about Injuries due to numbers, which then gets to lower numbers just because of mismatches. They needed to do something to make it better, and I think this was the perfect situation. You create a league where the balance of power is a little more even, so mm-hmm. people aren't worried about you know going up against Napavine and losing by 60 and also getting two players hurt every who's, week. Who's in the West Division again? Iwako, Wakayakum, Rainier are the newcomers. North Beach, Acosta, Tootle. Okay. Chief right. Lusher was in it last year, and they've left to just go full-time eight-man. Okay. All right. The issue with this is that... It's it, confusing. It's confusing. It's changing every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is completely different. All three fall sports have different leagues. Ugh. So the volleyball has a traditional central 2B league. The soccer does complete something different, and the football does something different. And I guess the one real sticking point is that the only divisional matchups count towards your standings. So the four teams in the South Division play three league games and the five teams in the North Division play four league games. So I hope you like tiebreakers because in eight weeks, we're going to get every single, we're going to get points. We're going to get coin flip. Like um, Dennis Bowers uh, and Josh Faye's thumbs are going to get tired from all the coin flips they're going to have to do. Out yeah, of the that's, that's going to be uh, a lot of fun for them. Um have these have the tiebreaker criterias for all of these already been set? I'm sure they have. I do not know them yet. It would be interesting if they could submit those early. Yeah, just be like, oh, hey, send those in. Yeah, well, because again, it's gonna happen. Especially, yeah. we're gonna get into the the South. Especially is just a complete toss up. Uh, you, I could see everybody going two and one, except for like one team goes zero and three or something. Like I don't know. Yeah, but the fact of that, and there aren't that many non league game non league opponents available, so everybody's playing crossover crossovers during the season, right? Like I think MWP's playing Toledo. Like 
PWVs playing to Leo and Adna. Yeah. Like there's got to be a way that you play everybody in your, you do it like a college football conference where you do every, you play everybody in your division and then you play like two teams from the other division. And that gives you six league games. And if you're playing six league games, you're going to actually have like real standings instead of just three teams tied for first. And then, yeah. Yeah. So that's the rant. Uh, I don't like it. It's it is. We're better off this year because we actually know what's happening ahead of time. Yeah, like I like, like I last guess. year, we really got the vibes that they were kind of making it up as they went along, especially no. with the lower league. Yeah, and so the way it works this year is that the top three teams from the two upper leagues make the crossover. Uh huh. And then the Tuesday before the crossover, so that's why everybody plays, remember, week nine in the Tubies, everybody plays on Thursday. Yeah. That Tuesday, the team that finishes first in the West division, the lower division, will play the number four team in the South in a play-in to play the North number one, and the number two team in the West division will play the number four team in the North in a play-in to play the... South number one, I think I might have gotten those mixed up. Okay, so it's it's a thing. We'll discuss that more in uh, October. Yeah, put Probably. it in the back of your Cross mind. Cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. yeah, we will. And when you get to that bridge, a troll will emerge. It just and the, the effect is that three riddles demand a coin flip. Yeah, the effect is that you're gonna we're September is full of really interesting games. Like Navavine's playing PWV, Toledo's playing PWV. Toledo's playing Morton, and none of them have any bearing on how the season actually goes. Yeah, that's rough. All right, so let's jump into it. We'll start with the South Division, which Josh has just told you is very real. Uh, first up, the Adna Pirates. Last season, they went 5-5, five and five, lost in the crossovers. The main story, they are young up front, and they have a new coach, Aaron Cochran from Goldendale. Came in from Goldendale, who turned that program around, and they're going to ask him to do the same at Adna. So much of that, he came in in the winter, and so much of that program is just a mentality shift. They needed to get tougher, they needed to get stronger, and that's really been his focus um, for the past six months now. They bring back Lane Johnson at quarterback, and that's about it. They're kind of like Black Hills in that regard. Uh, they have to replace a lot of pieces, and kind of like, well, not really like anybody, this, that offense was not good last year. I think they broke double digits twice three times so if cody the, were here he could tell us yes oh yes the fact that they went five and five winning seven to six over on alaska and i think they didn't they beat <laughs> oh, wakayakum yeah. 12 to 10 or something like that <sighs> a lot um, of field goals yeah they yeah they need more offensively they've got a really young front um led by jackson knittle who's a sophomore i think their offensive line is gonna be two sophomores one junior and one senior uh, noah Hel- hellum at, uh, I think he's playing center. That's another face for them. And then, yeah, Lane Johnson's back. They're going to need him to take a step up. But Cochran was saying that he's a smart kid. He's taken, he's uh, figured out this new system really well. He's going to have Luke Money playing at tailback next to him. Couple, couple guys off out wide. Gavin Muller, Jens Nielsen. There's potential there. It's not going to. They're going to get. You know, they're going to get a six week run up of games that don't count to take on. Three very evenly matched teams, and I feel like every game in this division is going to come down to a total coin flip. It's okay. going to be a knife's edge, and no clue how it's going to go. 
All right, moving on, we've got on Alaska. They went six and six last year and lost in the six and six, and they were in the state quarterfinals. Most on Alaska season ever. Uh, since the one before that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, main story, everybody's back, and literally everyone, including, of course, Maz, Nelson, Waylon, the whole yep. crew yeah. out there. Yeah, I think they graduated one senior, right? And I don't think he started. I don't think he started, no. Um, yeah, literally everyone. Um, talking with the Coach Sadi, he... um. You, you know, just he knows him, you can just call him Maz. Maz, Maz. Yeah, talking with Maz, they know that, right? They, I mean, he knows his personnel. He kind of knew everyone would be coming back, mm-hmm. but he also knows that doesn't guarantee success. And he's really pushing those guys. Can we be up there with the Napa Vines and the Okanagans, and that really cement ourselves back along that upper tier yeah. of two B teams? Um, Rodrigo Rodriguez is leading the way in the backfield. Great name. A plus football name, A plus name in general. He had over a thousand yards last year. Um, they got some good Zingo's football names on out defense in on Alaska. They got McGraws. They got Underhills. Yeah, McGraw, good sports name. They got two McGraws. They have a Lawrence, Gabe yeah. Lawrence, um, or They've Cooper had like Lawrence, a dozen me. Lawrences over the last five years. Um, all right, uh, yeah. Do you guys want anybody else? Who's playing quarterback for him? Zingo. Zingo. Caden Mazingo. He was Mazingo? Yeah, he'll be playing linebacker as well. He'll get action on both sides of the ball. This so. is his third year, right? They had a Mazingo when they went to the semifinals and lost to Kalama. I don't remember if it was him or his brother. Uh, I think it was yeah, him. They've, I, it could have been another Mazingo. They've had a couple, I feel like. Name your Mazingo. Yeah. All right. Uh, Toledo. Toledo. Last season, 11-2. and two. They really went 11-2? and two? Yeah. I saw them play a game, and I'm surprised they went 11-2. and two. Are we going to do the talk about you being like, is Toledo that good? And then you're going to go out to a half at week seven and be like, oh, they're Toledo again. Yeah, I mean, the half I went to in week seven was like they played on Alaska. And I was like, I don't know that either of these teams are all that great. Uh, anyway, the main story for Toledo, Eli Weeks takes over at quarterback. Uh, are they going to go 11-2 and two and make the quarterfinals again? I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, also, the, it's the perfect s- that like on Alaska went six and six and lost in the quarterfinals, and Toledo went eleven and two and also lost in the quarterfinals. I'll be interesting. It's an, they're doing an experiment out at Toledo. This is Mike Christensen's seventh year. It's his seventh new starting quarterback uh, because he has plugged and played a new senior into his offense every single year until this year, and he's like, "I'm giving it to a sophomore, and we're going to see how this goes." Uh, you're and you're going to love this. Oh, I for, we forgot to talk when you went to on Alaska. Were they running out of the shotgun? Yes. Heresy. What? Next year, next thing lost? And next thing you're going to say they had a wide receiver out there. Because you know what? Toledo, also running out of the shotgun. Okay. Total wow. heresy. And throwing the ball when I went to... Sure they were. Yeah, exactly. Um, Who knows what's going on? I don't know. This whole league's gone to shit. Um, <laughs> well, and Kalama's... <laughs> it should Kalama, be fun. Uh, Kalama's running the Kalama offense. Everybody's just throwing the stuff same at the thing. wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, all right, cool. Nobody knows, no, no clue what's going to happen. Toledo, do they have any other, any other dudes? Toledo's got a, all of their experiences up front. They have the main duo of Jai Tilton and Byron Rodriguez, both first-team all-league linemen on both sides of the ball last year. They're coming back. I believe they had, I'm forgetting the other guys' names, but they have they're, all five of their offensive linemen are coming back, but they're moving one to tight end, so they're basically going to have six returning offensive linemen. All of their experiences up front, all of the guys that touched the ball last year are gone. So, but Christensen said, you know, that's the, that's how he'd prefer. He would prefer to have the guys up front be seasoned vets and let new guys run in the holes they make than have their experience be 
in the backfield and not know what they're doing up front. So, okay. yeah. All right, moving on to the um, North Division, uh, Morton White Pass. Last year, they went 6-4. and four. They lost in the crossover. The main story for them, realignment made things more difficult. How are Lee Metcalf and the boys looking in East Lewis County? They got a tougher road this year because last year it was a seven-team division. All they had basically did was they beat Forks. They made mm-hmm. they got kind of that statement win. And then they beat Rainier and they beat Owaco, and that was enough to get them into the crossover. And two of those wins are out the window. So now you've got to finish top four in a league with three state teams and a quasi-state team. Forks had some weird crap happen last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... Just they had a good season last year, and through no fault of their own, just became probably the expected fifth place team in that league, expected okay. last place team in that league. Do they have any dudes? So they are the opposite of Toledo. They have very little returning up front. They bring all uh, they graduate one of your favorite French names. They lost Carter Dantine, but they bring back Brecken Pelletier. Ha 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 ha. Judah Kelly is back at quarterback for them. It's basically going to be those two guys. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move along. The next team on the list is something called uh, Na- Napa Vine. The Tigers uh, says here they were the state champions last year in thirteen and zero. What do we know about? Have we have, have we heard of these guys? Are they, are they are we sure they're good? I hear they like smoke bombs. Hmm. <laughs> what about like? Can they swap those out for something a little safer? Vape bombs, perhaps. <laughs> Is that a thing? What are you, Schwartz out here? <laughs> uh, yeah, Napavine. They've been good for a long time. They've won, so what, three state titles since 2008. Uh, Josh Vey, good coach. Ashton Demarest, pretty good quarterback. They've got some some dudes. they got a, the Denault. they got Carson. They have or, everybody. They, they, graduate got, they Kale, don't have everybody. Kale they got Stanley, Stanley on the kid. defensive side. They, graduate, they won the state title. They're running clocked everybody until the state championship game, and I think they graduated three starters. Yeah. Okay, so um, are we sure though? Are we sure they're good? They, yeah. I mean, Faye wasn't Faye. sure, right? Well, Faye would, they would be up 50 in the third quarter of the state finals to be like, I don't know, we're going to blow it, man. Yeah, they, they know they're good. And they, it's not in a cocky way. It's like you said, the results speak for themselves and they have high expectations. And talking with Ashton Demarest, and I kind of, we were talking about the shift in mindset from falling just short to actually getting over that hump last year. Mm-hmm. First thing he brought up, that loss is always going to stick with me no matter what. <laughs> so they're still drawn on that for motivation, even though they won last year. At some point, you're going to strain your shoulder reaching so far for motivation. Just to find Georgia yeah. football vibes. Remember two years ago and they said we suck? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we, we remember. Um, this team that hasn't lost a fall regular None of their players have lost a regular season football game in the fall. Yeah, I don't think any of these players or coaches have like can remember the last time they had Thanksgiving without thinking about like practice later that night. Yeah, um, yeah, Napavine, they're they're fine. They're going to be good. And um, the fun thing about really Napavine this good. year is, and this isn't a knock because scheduling is hard enough. Last year it was kind of a roll because all their non-league games were crosses against Southern South Division teams, and then they played what Bellingham, who's up not very good 3A, and Cascade Christian, who is a meh 1A. Yeah. They're testing themselves this year. Oh, who they got? They got Linden Christian. Oh, that's yeah. fun. That's they're, saucy. Yeah, they're going out. They're going to Linden Christian. They're playing. They're going up to Linden? They're going up to Linden the week before. Get some, get some nice cheese up there? They're probably going to spend a lot of time in traffic on the way. but <sighs> yeah, Maybe. 
Uh, they are also welcoming... Going up to Dutch country. All yeah, right. they're Good also... This is the other theme of this year. We've got multiple teams playing... Schools playing teams from Canada. They're playing somebody from Canada who might be okay. Like, I don't like it. I don't know anything about Carson Graham. Do you know anything about... Car- do they play four downs up there? Bit. Yeah, they play American football. Okay. Well, that's uh, so there's there's some intrigue in their scheduling. Like they are going they're going to be very good. SB Live put out their rankings of their the I mean they put out obviously their preseason rankings. SB ranking. Live ranked something? <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> um obviously they are the number 1 team in their 2B <laughs> rankings, but they ranked all like they did their top 50 teams in Washington regardless of classification and Napa mm-hmm. was number 50, which I mean that's such a like is an interesting thing, but like that's you, you're, they're on a list. They were the, the only there was it was basically all three A teams and like Linden Christian and Tumwater and Linden and Napfine. Like I hate when you rank something like a top fifty list of something and just like dump all the classifications in. Like I, it's just, they might be. You got to at least weight them for that. They might be. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, Napfine. Pretty good. No, I think Napa. I just hate the the idea of like ranking like that. It's like, what what are we doing here? Killing like, time. Top fifty paid. tallest people over seven feet tall. They're getting Number clicks. fifty might surprise you. They're getting clicks. Yeah, it's just the goddamn Buzzfeed of local sports. Um. Anyway, PWV. Last season, the Titans went eight and four. They made the state semifinals. If I remember right, they were a number three seed. I think so. Well, and everybody yeah. was kind of surprised, and then thought about it, and we're like, "Yeah, okay, fine, sure." Yeah. And I think that's going to be the vibes of this year. I know Okanagan is Okanagan again. I think we can. Everybody is expecting just to sort of rewind last season. Oh, that's fine. Um, PWV, new coach, new quarterback. The coach is Nate Smith from yes. PL. First name, last name. Yes, he um, he coached the junior high team in the past, so he actually knows a lot of these kids. Um, but good. like you just mentioned, there's a lot of question marks just about what this is going to look like at the high school level. Um, you know, he had his fair share of success, but obviously it's a step up. Tyson Portman ended up winning the quarterback job. I'm going to put winning in air quotes because it sounds like, um, what's his name? Not Colton Fluke, his younger brother. Nate Fluke. Nate right? Fluke. It sounds like Nate Fluke will also be getting reps yeah, get in week this. one. PWV's got another Fluke coming through. <laughs> no. But um, but they'll be relying on Blake Howard in the backfield offensively. And he's kind of just. Yeah. He's, he was ball. the guy last year. He'll be the guy this year. Okay. Yeah, but a lot of question marks, but sounds like there's kind of a, a bar that's been set that they should stick around. All right. Um, do we so, want to rank the North Division? Do we, it's do we, do the we have North- a consensus who the favorite is? I think we might know who the favorite is, yes. All right, cool. But the middle three is tough. I mean, you didn't know I know nothing about Forks. I didn't talk to Eric about before this, but I can't expect them to be down too long. RSB had two guys pretty much and one of them is back. The, they returned I think the guy who was defensive MVP last year. There that's another league. Like both of those upper divisions, there are just absolutely no easy easy outs. Okay. Uh the West Division, which you explained a few minutes ago. I've already forgotten, but we have Rainier to worry about. They went yep. three and six last year. Uh, main story: they have been relegated to the West League. They're excited about four, and I can imagine being after <laughs> having trouble. I mean, so Rainier has not completed a season for two straight years because they had COVID issues, and then they had a couple disciplinary issues last year. Um, but yeah, changing your schedule from having to play, you know, Napa Bynum on Alaska and Forks. Uh, back to back to back to, hey, let's, you know, 
make maybe have a slightly easier go of it. That gets guys more excited. That gets guys more out there. Yeah. Uh, and coach Andy Bartel was saying like the problem with district four is you're just, if you're not one of those top four or five teams, you are just taking it every single week. And that wears on you. Whereas if you can get a couple of weeks in a row against teams that are your size, you get a couple wins, you can get a couple, you start to build something. You start to build a little bit more confidence and a confident team plays a lot better. I think Rainier is a team that you could definitely see. They're not going to beat Navavine. <laughs> they're probably not going to beat anybody at the top of those top divisions week one. But if you see them start to get success and they sort of start to build something and find it, then yeah, maybe they may get one of those top two spots and a team with momentum out of the West division versus a last place team in the South. Who's just gotten wailed on for three straight weeks. That maybe something happens here. The other thing about Rainier is Hunter Howell. If we did like a local fantasy league, he is your, he is your guy. Um, he is their number one receiver. He last year as a sophomore, he already set their single game receiving records, both yards and catches. He had a like 11 catch 220 yard game against North beach. And this year they are playing that level of competition every week because they're playing guys of their own size instead of the absolute giants of the areas. Uh, he, and I know they're, moving him to basically between receiver and tailback just to get the ball into his hands as much as possible. That's a team I think you could see kind of go through and start to build some momentum. And yeah, you get to the, like the thing Andy Bartel was saying was we want to do well in this new division this year. And we want to be maybe do well in it next year. Who knows? And we want to be out of this division in a couple of years time. Yeah. Like we want to use this as a runway to get back to playing with those big boys again. They don't want to make this a full-time thing. Okay. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery. Ask him. He's right. the new guy. Dylan. Yes. What you, what you sleeping on, man? It's an excellent question. I have no idea. Like a couch? It's a, a, it's a mattress. Is it it's nice? a hand-me-down mattress. I, I do think it's nice. Hand-me-down? Ugh. My guy, you got to go see our friends at Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery. They will hook you up with a new mattress. From their collection of mattresses. Uh, they've got all the best. Uh, I was going to click on the whole thing. Where is it? Where have we got? Uh-oh. Yeah. That's all right. This we'll is still this week part. zero for us too, folks. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, go get yourself a new Serta iComfort Eco mattress. It's certified comfort easier on the earth. And uh, you can visit them at 1530 South Gold Street in Centralia, or you can visit elamshf.com. Check out all their sick deals on mattresses, which Dylan clearly needs <laughs> as he doesn't even know what he's sleeping on, like uh, some kind of sleep noob or, uh, you know, bedroom sets, dining room sets, entertainment. What do you, what do you got your TV sitting on? I, Cardboard I box? A, I got a dresser. Okay, we'll so, go get an entertainment. Go get center. a better dresser. <laughs> yeah, jeez. What do, you, what do you eat your food on? You got a TV, like... Stand. No, yeah, a TV stand? Yeah. Get a dining room table, man. Come on, live a little. Anyway, great sponsor, Elam's Home Furnishings. Uh, check them out, elamshf.com. And now we move on to the 1B. Something. Why? Why, why don't they have a name? I don't know. Who who dropped the ball here? What? The, Everybody, collectively. <laughs> this has been like multiple years. Well, so the thing about these guys is they're, 
they're another one where they this league changes every year. They were the Pac-5 for a while. They have eight teams now. I mean, if you look at college football, that doesn't really matter. They still We could still call them the Pac-5 if you want. But I, I would not like that. Okay, the Big Five? I don't know. Just like the one There's eight teams, so we could call them the 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 power seven and a half. Just do the Pac twelve might be available next year. Yeah, it's Pac twelve. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the one B whatever league. Uh, who's in it? So it's the three we cover. So Mossy Rock, Oakville, Winlock, Nacelle. Okay. Muckle shoot. Iwaka drop down. Nope. No, they're in the Western Division. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Kaikum drop down. Also in the West. Got a Columbia Adventist. And Napavine's in there, actually. Three, three Rivers uh, Christian. Uh, so, yeah. Mossy, Oakville, Winlock, Nacelle, Sound Christian, Muckleshoot, Tohola, Lashai. Sound Christian? Sound Christian. You sure? Is that I real? I am sure. All right. Um, Mossy Rock. They went 10-1 last year. Lost, or they made the first round of the state playoffs. Was that their first loss? Yes. Can they go farther this year? They got... A whole lot coming back as well. They lo- they lost a couple of their weapons. They lost um, Keegan Kolb, who just kind of did everything for them, leading receiver, one of their leading rushers, bunch of pick sixes, a couple punt return touchdowns. They graduated Sage Greason, who was their main tailback. But the thing about Mossy is they're playing eight man and they're blowing everybody out. So their starters played like a quarter and a half. So their backups were getting as many like carries as their starters and all the backups are starters now. And they have equal experience to the starters. Easton Kolb is back as quarterback. He's quite good in his threat with the arms and the legs. Um, they bring pack. You got to go out um, and watch a Mossy Rock football game. They've got um, Marshall Brockway. Good football name. Good football name. That's Offensive kind of- lineman who he is like, William Perry, uh, just okay. offensive lineman body. And I mean, eight man football, like you just give him the ball and nobody's tackling him watching him at the Jamboree. It just takes like a pile of guys and, you know, four, four guys and an eight man game is half your defense. So you just, bro- you block like three guys and then he takes the other five with him for a ride. Um, they've got Zach Munoz back as a weapon on the outside. Hunter Isom is going to be he's like six, three. They're lining him up at tight end. They're just going to be really solid. The main question is it's going to be them and Nacelle for another year and who who wins that game. And because this is actually a league that might, even though it doesn't have a name, it's pretty well set up apparently. They play those, that game, like I think week eight, week seven. Good like, you know, climax for the season. But they could go far again. They're my, they were my pick because when we did the round tables, and you took Napavine off the board for state contender, I think they could make a real run. All right. Uh, it's so wild that Monster Rock and Nacelle are rivals in everything in their league games, and their schools are, according to Google Maps, how far? 101 miles away. It's just so hard to find competition. It's like the, the <laughs> sign, you know, search Google for competition. I had to go 101 miles to find it. The yeah. other thing about Monster Rock is their turnout was so high that they scheduled an 11-man game. Yeah, I saw that. Good for them. They're playing PWB. Yeah, that'll be a fun match. This week? This week. They spent just the entire preseason playing 11-man football, and they mm-hmm. were just like, well, we'll be fine when the eight-man comes. Yeah, we know how it works. They, do you think the three do. guys that are going to get pulled off the field for the 11-man were, or for the eight-mans are just like, <sighs> coach is going to see me working out here, man. 
Uh, all right, next up, we've got Oakville. They went three and five last year. It's the main story. They have the Rotus Brothers. Yes, the Rotus Brothers make up half of the returning starters for the okay. Acorns this year. Um, Gio will be at quarterback, if I remember correctly, and yep. his brother Daniel will line up out wide offensively. They also have tight end Courtney Price and lineman Jeremy Wilbur. Outside of that, it is all mostly new guys and not only new to Oakville, but Coach Scholar Davis was saying new to football. Um, so it's just a lot of question marks going into the year. I honestly don't really know what to expect. Um, Davis seems like a good coach in the few minutes that I talked to him. I'm hoping that he's able to coach them up and they're able to stay competitive. Um, but outside of those top four returners that are kind of leading the way, it's just a whole lot of unknowns and a lot of questions that are left to be answered this year. Going off of what I saw when I watched Ophiel play last year, they have one main play and it is screw it. Daniel's out there somewhere. Nice. Because in eight, the, those one-on-ones in eight-man, they work even for you. All you have to do is catch a ball 20 yards downfield, and you're gone. And I watched them pull that play three or four times against Winlock and almost pull a 30-point comeback. All right, speaking of Winlock, the Cardinals went five and four last year. They made the crossovers. They did. They got blown out by Nia Bay. The main story for them, the green movement. They lost pretty much everybody and are replacing them pretty much all with freshmen and sophomores. You're not going to believe this. They got a Klein. No. Yeah. Landon? Yeah. <laughs> a Klein in Winlock. Who would think? Uh, well, there have also been Kleins in Chehalis and Centralia. Okay, but this one's in, this one's in Winlock. Okay. We've uh, got another o- one in Winlock. Taking over. I mean, Landon Klein started, like, he started for the basketball team. He was the starting point guard as an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. So he's got his experience facilitating. And one of the, his main, his, as Ernie Samples said, the coach were like, he's got experience distributing the ball. And the main guy he had distributed the ball on the basketball court was fellow was, uh, Carter Svensson, who is going to be his tailback. Uh huh. So it's going to be those two a lot. And they are a team a lot like Centralia was last year. They just have to stay healthy. Last um, last year, they are they were fine, and then they went through about four quarterbacks in two weeks, and that derailed them. I mean, they, their season ended with back-to-back forfeits, though actually one of them, the other team forfeited before they announced they didn't have enough players. And then they came back, and then they lost Nia Bay in the, in the crossover. So Ernie Samples was saying, like, Kleins is number one, and he's preparing to get uh, – Svensson in as the number two quarterback, and he's already trying to look for a number three, number three quarterback. Just you know, worst case scenario. That's one where it's eight man football. You put your you put your athletes out there. They got pretty good athletes. Klein, I saw him at the Jamboree. He's got some, as Sample said, he's got some wiggles. Can make some people miss. Uh, they had a Jamboree against Masiak and Nacelle, which is always going to be a big ask, and not yeah. a whole lot went right for them. And when it was right, when things go- were going right, it was just Landon Klein making people miss. And when you're playing a team that is neither Masiak or Nacelle, you're probably going to have some pretty good success doing that. So I could see them, you know, just using that athleticism to get them out, you know, four or five wins again. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by AmeriCool Heating and Cooling. It's so hot right now. I'm not, though. It's actually but pretty if you were, what would you do? I would call you and say, I'm too hot. What do I do? I, Aaron. Why would you call me? Aaron, I'm too hot. I would say, call AmeriCool Heating and Cooling. Heating and Air Conditioning at 360-559-6851. But what if I want to talk to somebody online? Well, then you would visit west.americoolonline.com. Your comfort, 
your comfort specifically, Josh, okay. is their business. They live to comfort you. Thanks. Specifically. Thanks, Americal. Nobody else. Sorry, Dylan. Uh, they All right, I got mattresses to worry about. I, <laughs> that'll be next week. Dylan, you stay away from my cooling company. I'm their number one. And I am a septic man. Uh, <laughs> your comfort is their business. Again, uh, they're serving Western Washington and uh, they offer all the services you can depend on, heating, air conditioning, indoor air quality, and even they will come, you know, fix up your new construction home with an air conditioning or heating system. Uh, they have a 24-7 emergency service line. Dylan, even if your mattress is not cooling you down at 2 in the morning, call you them. can give them a call at 360-559-6851. AmeriCool Heating and Air Conditioning, happy to have them. Uh, along for another season. Cough, cough. <clears throat> Excuse me. You guys ready for good picks? Excuse me. And then we can wrap this bad boy up. I hear they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee with everything they do, just like this podcast. Just like this podcast. Thank you. All right. Grid picks are back. Hell um, yeah, they are. And it's week one, so a bunch of non-league games means this segment's going to take 10 minutes. Yeah, I got to tell you, I have not done any homework, especially not before I made these picks. And I'm probably not going to do a lot of homework throughout the season. They're going to be wild. That's what we expect from you. I am not at my peak. This is like Jordan on the Wizards, not Jordan in 96. Just so you know. Uh, first up, we got Elmet Centralia. Of course, all these teams are 0-0. Zero and zero. Uh, Everybody picks Centralia. The, let's go through the panel this year. Josh, of course. Dylan, of course. I am on there. Cody Christian is on there, our sports clerk. Uh, Longview Daily News sports editor and former Chronicle sports writer Jordan Nalen is on the board. He's back on paternity leave. He's got another one coming. Man, he's, he's got the system figured out, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Uh, and Chad Taylor. WF West's favorite. WF West's favorite. Adna alum. Don't tell anybody in WF West that. Yeah, this is Chad what? Taylor. Half of half Adna alums? I didn't sign up for this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is actually. Also, you changed your head start. I don't like this. I know I couldn't find my the one from last year. Uh, I need a, a new one. That one is like 2012, probably. It's too, just too professional. I look so handsome though. Sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, everybody took Centralia over Elma Ridgefield at WF West. Everybody took WF West. Saw Burlington Edison at Tumwater. Everybody went Tumwater. Black Hills at Montesano. We. Finally got some variants. Uh, Black, Josh and yeah. Dylan, you guys took Black Hills. Chad took Black Hills. Black Hills won this game last year and it was kind of a surprise and really set the tone for them. Uh, they need it again. Okay. I disagree. Uh, next up, Seton Catholic at Rochester. Everybody this, went Rochester except Jordan. This game was 9-8 last year. <laughs> what a banger. One, um, what, what was it? It was like a last second kickoff that like bounced in off the crossbar. <laughs> Thrilling, thrilling stuff. Thrilling. Peak football. The fans got their peak, money's peak worth. Peak week one football. Yeah. Uh, next up, Tonino at Colville. Uh, Jordan and I both went Colville. Big Colville fans. Well, I remember when they won a state title. I covered it. Um, you guys went Tonino. Thoughts? I think Colville went like three and seven last year. Yeah, but what if they don't this year? I'm just trusting in Tinnerstedt and his staff. They got athletes. Until I see otherwise. Okay. Uh, next game, Napavine at Adna. Cody and Chad are good Adna are, graduates, and you are not. I yeah, that, that's fair. Um, I, I Forty like to Adna. nothing last year. I like Adna in this one. 
The it'll be the the gentleman's blowout, a clean forty to nothing game. Yeah, I always want to remember that we talked last year about how Ad, um, we said Ad Napine was going to get to forty and stop, and they did, and it was forty to nothing. And we said talked about how good Josh Fay was at being a gentleman and getting to forty and stopping. And then they proceeded to not stop at forty for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, you know, you got a you got a point to prove. Went to sixty-eight nothing over Ani the next week. He was just trying to throw us off the scent. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, Raymond South Bend Toledo. Uh, Cody went Raymond South Bend. They won that. That was a interesting game. I mean, again, very interesting game that had absolutely no bearing on the standings and won't matter come the end of yeah. the season. Uh, uh, RSB our, won that game last year. Uh, Cody though. Um, Casey Johnson loyalist? There maybe. Could be. I know he's he's the big guy about the 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 offensive and defensive line as an offensive and defensive lineman. We'll mm-hmm. have to ask him about his experiences there. And I know Raymond Southbend were they were physical. I mean, and they had their big season last year. They got to the state tournament. We shall see. Uh on Alaska, St. Thomas Moore of Canada on Alaska. Bit. The Burnaby Bros. Everybody went on Alaska except for Cody, who I feel like just doesn't like any teams that if you don't like Adna, yeah, probably. Uh, he took the Canadians. Either that, or he's done a ton of research. I, <laughs> he's just grinding tape. What do they have for tape? And oh, Canada? we found like we found their tape. Is it cool? No. All right, <laughs> we found their huddle. Um, all right, Rainier Wakayakum. You guys got Rainier. Chad's got Rainier. The rest of us took Wakayakum. You know, I know nothing about either team. It is. It is I in Kathlamet, which is tough place to play. It's a very tough place to play. We shall see. Uh, PWV at Mossy Rock. This is a really interesting, interesting game. Uh, we're split down the middle. You two. Split? Yeah. Josh, you took PWV. Uh, Dylan's got Mossy Rock. I've got PWV. Cody's got Mossy Rock. Jordan's got PWV. And Chad has Mossy Rock. I think this game comes down to the wire. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a combination of week one and Mossy Rock still kind of getting used to things. And it's going to end on an illegal substitution penalty, or an illegal substitution penalty when Mossy Rock lines up with eight guys and then realizes at the last second and absolutely accidentally subs in four at the once and gets twelve men on the field and loses. I think it's going to be a tie. Uh, next game: Tuda Lake at Morton White Pass. NWP across the board. Tuda Lake schedule. Tuda Lake hasn't been great for the last couple of years. They have not. Okay. Uh, Darrington at Winlock. Everybody took Darrington except Chad, who we took Winlock. Gone him up here and asked him why. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Crescent at Oakville. Everybody's got Oakville. Pretty optimistic for the Acorns. Probably just right, that. This is going to be the stereotypical eight-man game. It's going to have like seven ninety points. Trust in Daniel Rodas. <laughs> all right, um, that's all we've got. Where are you guys going to be on Friday night? I'm going to go to WF West and watch a quarterback competition. Apparently, all right. I'll be in Centralia here. Rookledge's squad. Yep, Tiger Stadium. Possible Rookledge. history. Yeah, looking to snap that losing streak. Where are All you right. going? Uh, at home. <laughs> I, that's fair. I, yeah, that's. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I will probably get out and cover a game at some point this year. I will hold you to that. Not until November, though, <laughs> at least. When the games matter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, it's been great to get back in the sports dump mode. Uh, if you like this podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send Josh an email, josh at cronline.com. Is that correct? No, it's not correct. <sighs> Maybe you send a Facebook message or what's what's the Chronicle Sports Instagram? Oh, the Chronicle Sports. Yeah, actually, um, we should plug this. There's a new Chronicle Sports Instagram. It's at the Chronicle Sports, I believe. 
and you can see all the photos that we take. We're trying to post at least one something per night, just kind of the best photos. You can also, if you really like us, you can go to photos.cronline.com and buy some of those photos. And if you really, really like these guys, you you can can buy me a beer. You can subscribe to the newspaper Uh, or also buy Josh a beer. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. We will be back next week. (laughs) 